0: Monday, February 10th at 6.30 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland. Big Money Agenda explores the effects of money in politics, Citizens United, as well as solutions to the issues of money and politics that's preventing real change. There will also be a discussion after the film. Again, that's the screening of the documentary film Big Money Agenda. On Sunday, February 10th at 6.30pm at the Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events.
1: KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor the Real Music Film Festival through February 16th at the Witzel Auditorium, 1219 Southwest Park Avenue in Portland. On Friday, February 8th, the Real Music Festival will screen documentary, Industrial Accident, the story of Wax Tracks Records. Wax Tracks Records was founded in 1975, the beloved record shop and label that has been based in Chicago since 1978. This documentary by Julian Nash details the rise, temporary fall, and legacy of Wax Tracks. Again, that's the Real Music Film Festival, showing Industrial Accident, the story of Wax Tracks Records on Friday, February 8th at 7 p.m. at the Whistle Auditorium, 1219 Southwest Park Avenue in Portland. More information can be found at kbu.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Check this out, Hard Knock Radio coming at you, bringing the noise. This is Chuck, the public enemy number one, news views and hip-hop. This is
0: Sister Soldier on Hard Knock Radio. Listen
2: closely. Que pasa, raza? This is Deuce Eclipse, the Oi Joaquin, your Check it out, listening to Hard Knock Radio. Hey, this is Patrice Russian, and whenever I'm in the Bay Area and I need good information and great radio,
1: it's all about Hard Knock Radio. JVD, Hard Knock Radio, hanging out with you this afternoon. Over the weekend, a lot of attention was focused on the city of Atlanta. Uh, That is a place where Hard Knock Radio is aired, so big shout-out to all our folks in the ATL. But it was big doings as the Super Bowl was in town. A lot of people were paying attention to the music scene. And then, just hours before the Super Bowl, the world was shocked to get the news that 21 Savage, whose real name is Shia Ben Abraham-Joseph, had been arrested by ICE and that he was placed in deportation proceedings. Now for many people who aren't familiar with 21 Savage, the artist that may seem like what's the big deal but for people who are familiar with his music and he is very popular many people had no idea that his immigration status was something that would be questioned Um, for as long as you can remember he has been a main fixture in the Atlantic, uh, in the Atlanta music scene. People know him, he's referenced all the time, he talks about growing up in the area, etc., etc. But now we come to find out that, according to ICE, he had overstayed his visa, and he was in violation of the law. That caught many people off guard, and he became the subject of a lot of ridicule, because the way it sounds is that here's this uh, millionaire rapper, somebody who's on the Grammys and on TV and all these other things, and that he was an irresponsible adult. Now we come to find out that he is like almost 2 million kids that are in the United States, that he was brought here as a child, um, someone who was maybe 11 years old. So when his visa expired, it expired when he was 12. And that opens up this whole conversation that we're going to have this afternoon about immigration, immigration, um, your citizenship status, and in particular, how it pertains to those of African descent. Oftentimes, the face of the undocumented person is Latina or Latino, but there's also a serious concern as it pertains to those of African descent. And joining us in the studio, we have somebody who is no stranger to this, and, in fact, is in pretty similar situation to 21 Savage. Her name is Laji uh, Salivar. She is no stranger to our airwaves. And also on the phone line with us is Nana Jumfrey, who is the CEO of African Americans, uh, African, what is it, Immigration Alliance, right? I'm the ex- executive director of the Black Alliance for Just Immigration black alliance for just immigration. I, I couldn't get African-American out my name. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me start off with you, Nana. Um, I mentioned that the face of the immigrant, the undocumented, um, is brown. But there's a lot of black folks that are caught up um, in that situation and also being deported all over. So can you kind of give us some perspective? Yes,
0: Absolutely. There are a lot of black immigrants who are being caught up. Black immigrants find themselves often at the intersection of criminalization, right? Just as black folks being racially profiled and targeted by the criminal sanction system and this immigration enforcement system that uh, deports black immigrants at higher rates than other ethnicities. So we may not have the same numbers as, for example, brown folks, but in given the numbers that we have our deportation rates are higher and so and we also have a, a high rate of folks who are undocumented again they may not be dreamers they may not qualify to be dreamers because of the other factors that affect us as black folks but we have at least 600,000 undocumented black immigrants in this country i'm um, at about 4.2 million immigrants, black immigrants total in this country. So we are here and we are definitely being targeted both by
1: the law enforcement, criminal sanction system, the POPO, but also by ICE as well. You know, we're here in the West Coast. And so obviously, you know, for a lot of people, and I've heard people who are pretty insensitive, What? Well, well, ain't no black folks being deported. This ain't even our issue. Why are we even talking about that? But can you break this down? Being from New York, I think I'm a little more familiar because I've seen in the crosshair Jamaicans and Haitians. Um, but how have you seen this, you know, overall? And, you know, and does it really change from city to city and state to state. It's pretty consistent. We just issued Black Alliance for Just Immigration,
0: Baji for short, we just issued a State of Black Immigrant California reports this past September 2018. And when you looked at deportations, particularly looking at deportations of people with criminal convictions. And the criminal convictions can be, you know, something light. It doesn't have to be robbery, burglary, or rape. But when you look at criminal convictions, black immigrants get deported just off of one criminal conviction a much higher rate than anyone else. And so 76% of black immigrants with a prior conviction are deported. Now, when you compare that, for example, with the Asian community, and that's, of course, a large swath of of people, right, different nations, but their percentage of getting deported based on prior convictions is 38%. I'm going to get it even more narrow. When you talk about black folks from the Caribbean, their percentage of uh, deportations based upon a prior conviction, just give me just one prior conviction, is 83%. So look at those numbers. For Asians, it's 38%. For folks from the Caribbean alone, it's 83%. And so you're seeing now a large pushback or pushback from various countries. You see that my mother country of Ghana has pushed back um, leading the United States to issue a visa sanction. They're not going to give as many visas, they say, because Ghana is not just wholesaling accepting deportees. Ghana saying, hey, we want to know that you're not just profiling people, picking them up and sending them, you know, home. We want to understand really what's happening as you are separating families through this detention and deportation process. And so, when you go to the detention centers and you you, know, you see that there are black immigrants there, many of them from East Africa, many of them from Haiti, you know, Haiti actually just that one country um, is so highly affected. And when you look at things like the reversal of temporary protected status for places like Haiti, Honduras, where you have the Garifuna people, um, and Sudan, Liberia, uh, Sierra Leone, and then they're, you know, eyeing Somalia, you realize that really you're talking about hundreds of thousands of black folks that they are determined to deport in this targeted kind of way.
1: That's the voice of Nana Joffrey from Black Alliance's uh, Black Immigration Alliance. Baji, as you said, right? Black Alliance for Just Immigration. David, I'm going to make you write it down. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, unfortunately <laughs> I don't have a pen where I'm standing at, so I'm going to ask you to repeat it again. And so it ain't my fault, you know. It's uh, okay. <laughs> I want to bring in um, uh, Laji Salazar. Uh, Laji... Uh, The immediate response when they heard about uh, 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 21 Savage, the artist, was, well, why didn't he just apply and why didn't he just, you you know, get his visa taken care of and all that? And it seemed to me that there wasn't a real understanding of how arduous a process that is and what the limitations are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, When I first heard the case, immediately I thought of you because I said, well, he could have been a DACA applicant, but that presents a whole lot of complications and it isn't immediately open. So can you explain the type of scenarios that folks like yourself who are undocumented have gone through which may mirror somebody like uh, 21 Savage who was brought here to this country when he was 11 years old? Um,
2: Sure. So one of the first things that I do want to say is there's a multitude of conversations that are happening. One, um, I really want to push back around the narrative of uh, brought here and stayed through no fault of their own. Our parents are not criminals. They made a conscious decision to move to a different country in hopes of creating a better future. And so that that idea of through no fault of our own, it again, continually puts the blame on our parents, and it's disruptive in our community. Um, The other thing is that um, one of my first thoughts when I heard the situation is if someone with money, and obviously enough money to hire a bomb-ass lawyer, right, cannot sort out their immigration situation, it kind of highlights how complicated the immigration system is um, in general, and again, very specifically how racialized it is for um, black immigrants, right? Right. Um for many of us, um, as you said, he would not be eligible for the DACA program because he has a prior conviction, although uh, Laudas report says that it's been expunged, his record was expunged. There's a lot of complications around there. But for example, you, you know I have a and
1: let's just be clear too and and uh, Nana, you can also jump in.